हेलो हाय वेलकम बैक टू आर पॉडकास्ट दी अदर साइड वेर वी ब्रिंग इंडस्ट्री लीडर्स टू टॉक टू अर्स अबाउट पीपल केपेबिलिटीज एंड एम्प्लॉय एंगेजमेंट वॉट इज हैपनिंग इन द इंडस्ट्री ऑन दीज टू टॉपिक्स एंड हाउ वी शुड बी प्रिपेयर ऑन दीज टू टॉपिक्स आफ्टर द लॉकडाउन एंड टूडे आर fourth guest is bob and bob is from uk he is an actor a trainer and he owns a training company let's see what he and his partner doing for their clients in uk people are you ready let's jump right in hello bob thank you so much is so so beautiful to see you after 7 or 8 years i think it is yes indeed nice to see you too raj awesome and it had to be this lockdown to bring us together <laughs> <laughs> it's bringing lots of people together that's what's that's one good thing about it that's one good thing about it absolutely so uh, welcome to this uh, preparedness series Uh, that we've put together uh, we bring industry leaders like you to talk to us about people capabilities and employee engagement and we want to take your opinion your perspective on these two topics and it'll be so beautiful and wonderful to hear a perspective outside india okay so we would like to see what is uk doing how the clients are responding there how the consultants are planning uh, their business now and post lockdown okay? okay that's fine so uh, so bob i only know you because we've i think collaborated on one project with you uh-huh, uh-huh. and back to about 7 years back that's right right so we would like to know who is bob okay well uh, that's a very good question and i'm not sure i can uh, answer it fully but i'll do my best So um I'm Bob Morell um I uh, work with a business partner uh, who Raj has also met called Jeremy Blake and we run this brand you can see the brand behind me reality training and um we have been training now it's hard to believe it for 18 years and um thank you and over those years we uh have traveled all over to India but also across the US across Europe most of our work is is in the UK but going back much further than that going back 30 odd years we originally met at drama school um jeremy and i were actors um yes. and yeah and we we, we were going to be very famous actors that was our plan <laughs> and i was thinking actually maybe we should have come to india we'd have had a had better luck possibly Boy, but yes. yes possibly but anyway clearly our acting careers didn't take the direction um that we had hoped um but we also became sales people and super nice but what i am more interested in bob the actor and maybe before that <laughs> where was bob's childhood okay well i uh, grew up in england um in the county of kent which is just south of london and um i still live in kent now and um kent was known is known as the garden of england Wow. and uh, there are some there's some beautiful gardens in india i know but in in uh, england we have a few counties 
that are known. And the reason that, that Kent is called that is because this is where much of the fruit of the UK, apples, um, pears, um, it's all grown in this area. Wow. And, and now we actually have vineyards in this area making wine, English wine, which isn't too bad, actually. And um, so there's very much a kind of a fruit feeling uh, around here. Um, and uh, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. Um, I was a very much a product of my era, Raj. And uh, <laughs> I, I was into Duran Duran, Prince, um, all those sorts of bands uh, going back into the 80s. Awesome. And, um, and then I, I got my first sales job um, in 1988. And um, I was in sales for many years uh, before going to drama school. But whilst I was growing up, I appeared in lots of productions. So plays, pantomimes, which is like a family show, um, and uh, so lots of little things like that, that that got me interested in acting. Okay. And uh, I loved, you know, dressing up and playing a character. And then when you go to drama school, of course, they, they strip all that away and uh, you learn how to act correctly and for film and for TV and stuff like that. So that was a natural pathway for me back then. Is there, is there where you met Jeremy as well? Yes. So he was uh, at the same drama school as me. He, um, uh, he's... Uh, Younger than me, bizarrely, though you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> and um, he was in the year above me. And um, when, when we first met, we weren't the best of friends. Um, and uh, time went on and we grew to like each other. And um, it was interesting because when we decided to form a business, um, it was interesting because I think we're both very, very different. And so that's quite important, I think, that you have that difference in type. If we'd both been very similar, I'm not sure it would have worked. But because we have different strengths, then that, that keeps us pulling in the right direction. So that's, that was a good thing. Um, and actually, I think the world of you know, learning and development and training and uh, human resources and consultancy is it's all acting to some degree because you are projecting something, you are projecting um, knowledge, you're projecting change. And I think that's a very hard thing to get across um, unless you're presenting it in the right way. And, uh, and presenting is, is very much um, you know, what we do. Right, right. So, so tell us, I mean, drama mm -hmm. and training. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I can understand with your definition, but 18 years back, <laughs> what made you guys jump into it? Well, we had both had good sales jobs and we both had had some good training. So that's, that's the big difference that um, Jeremy had worked for a brand called Yellow Pages. I don't know whether they still exist your way, but Yellow Pages used to be massive directory company and they had excellent training. And I worked for a number of big brands, a number of US brands and when we were trained, I remember absorbing the information, but I also remember thinking, well, I could do that. I, I could stand there and do that, and I could do it differently. And part of it was also this thing that, as you will know, when you do training, 
you have a room full of people and some people, let's say at least half, don't want to do any type of role play at all. Yeah. Okay. Because they find it embarrassing and they're just not confident enough to do it. So we thought, okay, if we have two people, we can deliver the training. We can demonstrate the interaction as many times as they like. They can see it working and that will then help hopefully give them the confidence to try it themselves. And that was our thing. And to be honest with you, I don't know any other training companies at that time who had two trainers going out on all of the, uh, on all of the delivery. So that was a, a point of differentiation that we had as well. It's rare. I mean, it's now all the goods, it's very rare. That I... Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sorry. No, after you. Was it easy? Was no. it? No. <laughs> no, it's been, it's always hard. And you'll know this selling training is hard um, because people sometimes don't want to admit that they need it. And um, sometimes you, you need to spend time working with a company to then say, look, this is what you need. And they go, okay, because sometimes people think that their way of doing it is, is right. And it, it's not, it's not easy. Um, what I think has helped us is the idea that um, you don't have to have 12 people in a room. It's perfectly fine to do that. But if you can get 70, 100 people in a room, actually they can all experience the same thing. So if you are an organization that has large numbers, then you can get those people through a really good training course quite quickly. Um, and for us as actors, it's nice to have a larger audience because you're playing to, you know, a hundred people as opposed to 12. And it's like a show. It's like a day long show. And I think that's the other thing. I mean, I, I see it that way. For, for me, I see it as a performance every time. I don't know if Jeremy would see it that way, but I definitely do. And so for me, it's about getting the show right, getting the laughs at the right time, getting people to enjoy it, making it memorable, making it entertaining. And I think that makes it easier to sell because it's not just a, a straightforward training day where you take people through the slides and there's nothing wrong with that. We just try and deliver something that's a bit different. And um, I, funny enough, I, uh, someone came to see us recently and we, we were delivering some training and they, and they were thinking of delivering it themselves whilst they were watching us. And when they watched it, they said, hmm, I can do it, but not the way you do it. And I thought, well, great. You know, if, 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 if that's the way it has to be, then, then fine, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. And um, that's been our, our big thing is to make sure that the way we deliver it is the kind of reality way. And, and I think that's what people buy. Awesome. And what are those two or three things that really work besides, you know, the two trainer format, the large participant for, format, uh, but at the same time, did two things came on your way? One is, you know, most of our clients says, well, if I put 25, 30 people in a classroom, will it be effective enough? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And the second question that comes is, uh, you know, oh, you guys are expensive. <laughs> you know? Yes. Well, people have always said that no matter what we charge. So, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that, that, just, that just goes with it. But I think, um, I think we've been going long enough now. I mean, I, well, the two things. So first of all, the larger audience 
the biggest issue you get with 35, 40 plus people in a room is not so much um, the numbers. It's people worrying that if they take people off a sales floor for a day, uh. the number, it's going to affect demand. So that's the biggest concern. But I, I personally think that you're better off doing that for a day rather than having lots of small groups coming off for a day and it taking longer. So that's, you know, you've got to weigh those two things up. Um, in terms of cost, I think what's really important is that what we deliver is a sales model. You know, it's there to increase sales, to increase conversion, to increase uh, net promoter score and transaction values and all that type of thing. If, we, if I wasn't confident that we could do that, then we couldn't sell it at all. So, you know, whatever we're being paid, um, we know that what they pay us is very low compared to the upswing that they're going to get from, from those different measures. So I think that's the, the key thing. And it reminds me of uh, something Zig Ziglar, the great American sales yeah. trainer, said. He said, you can't sell anything to anyone unless you're convinced it's worth more to them than the money they're paying you for it. And I think that's it with training. You know, if, if you're just, if you just think it's, you know, uh, you're ticking a box, well, there's lots of, of companies that can help you do that. But if you want to make a, a change that's lasting and sustained, then actually it shouldn't really matter what you pay for it as long as it delivers that change. And uh, I think that's, that's what we've been able to do. Super nice. Well, how's, how's March been for you? <laughs> Okay, so we've had a really interesting few weeks. Um, when I think back to the way things were going at the start of the year, we, uh, we were meeting in London and uh, having development days and making plans and uh, you know all sorts of great ideas were coming out. And then this, this thing uh, comes along and everything stops. I mean, literally everything stops. And our offices are shut and we're working from home and all of those different changes come in. Um, with ourselves, what we've tried to do uh, as a company is do a couple of things every day for free that we just put out into social media. So on our Facebook page, the Reality Training Facebook page, we do a daily nine o'clock message. And in those first two weeks, we were doing Winston Churchill. We were doing uh, Great Leaders. Uh, we were doing uh, It's Okay to Be Worried. And, you know, just trying to reassure people and give them some inspiration uh, in some form. And then on LinkedIn, we were doing more specific advice uh, for different types of organization, just trying to do some how-to guides just to give people some short, uh, free development opportunities because everyone's sitting at home wondering what's going to happen. Well, you may as well learn something new and think about how you can adapt and change. So that's what we did. We've now, we now continue to do that. So we still do our nine o'clock motivational thing every day and um, I did one this morning about uh, nurses it's international nursing day and so 
We did a piece about nurses. And, but then we also do our LinkedIn pieces about leadership and, uh, and things like that. So that's what we've continued to do right the way through um, because you don't know what people are going to need. And we have expertise in certain areas, which is what we train in. And so until such time as people know what they want, we're just going to give people as much as we can um, and uh, with the best of intentions in, in the hope that that helps them. That's great. Um, and I think for many businesses, they may have to wait a year till they return to profitability, till they return to productivity, till they return to anything like normality. I think it, it, it's probably going to take a year. And I think people just you know, need sometimes to, to think that way. So are you worried about your business? Um, no, I, I was, I was in the, in the early stages, definitely. Um, but, uh, as I say, we've been doing this 18 years. We are pretty solid. Um, we're very lucky. Um, and I, I'm optimistic about the subsequent years. I know this year is going to be hard and we'll get through it and it'll be hard, but we'll, but we'll, we'll be okay. Um, and I, I don't, I don't put that down to anything other than circumstances and the length of time that we've been in business. That's the only thing which has, has, has kept us where we are. Um, and I would also say I'm very lucky. I've got a, a business partner um, who's creative and innovative and always thinking of new things. We've got a brilliant lady who works with us called Anne Harris, who supports us and works out all our logistics. We've got a wonderful lady called Maxine who does all our administration and our training materials and our uh, newsletters and what have you. And so it's a very good, well-oiled machine that keeps things moving. And as long as we keep our focus, uh, I think we'll be okay. Um, I, I do worry that certain brands will sometimes try anything during a period like this. And I think sometimes you just replan, refocus. What are you good at? What are you best at? And, and stick to that. Right. How, how ready were you uh, from the virtual standpoint? Um, not particularly. I mean, we have done, um, as, as executive coaches, we've done virtual coaching for years. So that's fine, you know, through Skype or, or whatever. Um, what was new to us were, were things like Zoom, Teams, uh, GoTo training, these other uh, online uh, tools which we hadn't used before because we just hadn't had to use them um, but the actual uh, format of training virtually was, was fine for us um, the there are issues with larger companies who have you know difficult IT to to get your stuff through into those are kind of logistical things and also uh, Broadband, you know, not everyone's broadband is that good. So, um, in fact, I, I'm pretty certain that the, the broadband uh, in India and other countries is, in many cases, a bit more sturdy than ours because um, ours comes and goes a bit even now. And that's something that we're going to need to get right. But um, I think the actual virtual interaction for us was, was, was pretty good. And we've since, in the last few weeks, moved from small group uh, meetings to larger 
20, 30, 40 people on a, uh, on a meeting, and that's worked brilliantly. And we're very lucky. For years, Jeremy and I was, have been speaking at conferences and, and facilitating conference sessions, and this is very similar. So for us, it's, it's like presenting a virtual conference, and we can still do our, our banter and our usual uh, comedy stuff and get our messages across, and it's just done virtually. And actually, in some ways, it's, it's more convenient. And, I'm, and when, when we have a break, I can go and make a cup of tea. So it, it, it actually is, there are, there are big advantages to it. But no, the actual virtual element is okay. I think it's more okay for people like you and me. I, I'm not so sure it's still okay for people who are on the receiving end. They're still getting used to muting. They're still getting used to yeah. um, the kind of rules of engagement. But that's only a short thing. I think people will soon be very used to this. Yeah. And then we are not even getting to know the participant, but the family members too. <laughs> because exactly. somebody's always walking behind or something is happening. Oh, yes. I mean, I probably had a few people walking here. I got this screen because I thought, you know, the last thing you guys need to see is uh, the mess behind. So, you know, <laughs> you, just, you just put this up and it, it actually works fine. And, yeah. um, and there's a few other simple things. I mean, I'm, I, this, this chair I got from my son's room because he, it's his gaming chair. Oh. And, it, and it's, it, it's the comfiest chair in the house. So I thought, I'm having that. So, uh, you know, there's certain things that once you get set up, it's, it's absolutely fine. You, you no longer a favorite daddy now? I'm afraid not. I had to buy him another one. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So, yeah. Um, and what do you think? Is this going to stay? The, the virtual thing? Um, I think it, for the next year, I think it's pretty much going to have to. Um, I was talking to a client yesterday and I said, why don't I buy a camper van and then I can drive up to where you are. I can sleep in the camper van, cook my own food, wear a mask and come in and do the training. And I think that's a bit extreme. So that's probably not going to happen. So this is what it's going to be for a while. So for training, this is it. Unless you have some, I don't know, a massive room that people can come into with huge spacing I'm not sure that's possible, yeah. but um, the one thing I do think is going to happen much quicker is virtual selling. So I think um, if we think about the markets that you and I know well, if you think about contact centers, sales teams working in their pods, whatever it may be, um, if you think about the last few weeks, this thing, the camera, has suddenly come into its own. And we are all having these conversations over cameras and using the internet. And it's not so much of a stretch to think, well, actually, why don't we move from the telephone to this with customers to have virtual contact center conversations? Um, and I think that's what the future really is. Because, and it, it won't be for everyone. Uh, there are lots of people who work in contact centers because they don't want to be seen. And I can purely, I can purely understand that. But if you're confident, then why not have a one-to-one -one with a, uh, a customer? And also there's brilliant software now you can get. So you can bring in product information whilst you're talking. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a brilliant sales tool. And so I know that that was happening already um, over the last 12 months 18 months 
all that will happen now is this situation will mean that'll happen much quicker. And we will have new teams being created who will be virtual teams, seeing the customer eye to eye, having a conversation. But I also think that will create two other issues. We will need people who are multi-skilled. So I think that's another big shift. So if I come through a portal like this and I'm speaking to a, a person, I don't want that person just to be a new business person or just to be a retention person or just to be a billing person. I want that person to be able to do everything. Right. So that's, that's a big shift. Um, and, and of course, you're going to need to really train that person well because if we're face-to-face -face having a, a business conversation, I, I don't want to turn to my manager and go, excuse me, Mr. Manager, can I do this? Because that's going to weaken my position hugely. So we're going to need to train people to be empowered to make decisions and, and have conversations uh, in a much more um, individual way. So I think that's the good thing about virtual. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a way of training people, but I think it's also going to be how many of us will do business uh, moving forward and we're just going to have to get used to it and we used to do um, conference calls a lot do you remember conference yeah. calls everyone used to do conference calls I remember when we first came to India we did conference calls yeah. for days and yeah. um, I remember Jeremy sitting in a room in London on a call to you guys and everybody else there were people from all over the world on that conference call and he was talking away and I thought there's so many people on that call if he stops he's never going to be able to speak again so I was saying to him, just keep going, just keep, just keep talking, <laughs> just, just fill the space, just keep talking. And he was like, really? I said, just keep going. If they get in, you're not going to be able to say anything. So we had to keep going. And I think what's great about these systems now is that you'll, you get rid of that. You don't need to have that conference call mentality. You can see everyone, you can uh, use the different rules of engagement. And I think it, it will become the way that we do big meetings and, and big business. Um, it will become a habit that we then can't break. At the moment, it's a new habit and people are still getting used to it. But in a year or so, this will be how all of us do things and we'll be perfectly happy doing it. So it'll be a huge jump in, in the virtual world, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Are they talking to you specifically about people capabilities, employee engagement, how the future will be for these two things? In some cases, yes. When, when they have a certainty as to what the future is going to be. Uh, in some cases, it's more short term. So I think a good example is let's imagine you've, you've got a lot of people who've been off for a few months who are coming back into work. So what you don't want is them to dip when they come back in terms of attitude, performance, um, skills and then slowly come up you want them to come in and and take off as quickly as possible I think that's where people need help so I think there is there's there's an understanding that that's important um, but I, I think they're still slightly uh, nervous about what the shape of that of their businesses is going to be like when they are back and, and running again. So that's the two things fight against each other a bit. 
you know, when I was talking earlier about a, a manager managing people from home, managing people remotely, I think part of that is understanding that some of those people will be really struggling mentally to work yeah. from home. Yeah. And if that's the case, um, you know, maybe for them to go into an office every day was the best thing. And so maybe you need to look at how you restructure your business so that those who can and are happy to work from home are doing that. And those that are happier and uh, getting more from their job by coming into the office do that. And I think that's a, a, a decision that, that many people haven't faced. I, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, some people haven't thought about people's hours. You know, if, if you're a nine to five business or a 12 to seven business or whatever your hours are, that's how you've been for years. And now we're thinking, well, I want my people to be safe. I don't want them to get on commuter trains or to have to drive a long way or anything like that. So I, I need to stagger the, the shifting patterns when people come into my, my business, which means those people need to be managed differently, uh, which means that's, that could impact their mental health in some way because they're changing their hours. There's all those things to consider that we previously hadn't because everything that we did before was within the confines of a structure that we understood and that we knew really well. And I think that will be the shift now is, okay, I've got all these people working differently. Um, am I still able to, to support them in terms of their well-being um, through this? For some people, it will, it will come naturally. For others, the desperation to achieve results may result in some poor outcomes, um, which isn't necessarily their fault. As I said before, none of us have been through anything like this before. But I think that's something to watch out for as a leader. Yeah. And, and I think that's what the HR heads are more kind of you know, putting their brains to. Uh, yeah. Another important aspect that I've, I've been talking to others is, is the smoking areas. So do you yes. get talking to you about that too? Uh, no, but I, I'm glad you brought it up because um, I think one of the last times I, I actually smoked was in India a few years ago. Really? Yeah. You and... were in the party mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember, I remember the, the cigarette. Was, a, was it honeydew or gold leaf or something like that? It was quite a nice cigarette. Gold flake. That's it. Gold flake. Oh, it's a great name for a, for a cigarette. Um, we could, uh, we could smoke all day if we wanted. And in fact, um, I used to, many years ago, have I got one? I've got it here somewhere. Uh, yes, I have. Here we go. Many years ago, I used to have one of these. Wow. And uh, you could smoke a pipe, you know. And uh, I always thought that when you were training, having a pipe was quite good because it would, it would give you something to gesture with. You know, you, you could sort of say, now the thing you is... Yeah, it's great. They're all gone, all gone. This is an ancient old thing. And um, I mean, I, I think that element of work, you know, the kind of uh, camaraderie and yeah. uh, that type of thing is, is good. You, but you can do that on here, you know, to some degree. If you're working from home, you can bring people together. They can have conversations. You could have breaks on here. We socially, we do quizzes on here most evenings with friends. And uh, I mean, I've done enough quizzes now, frankly. But, you know, we, we do that. We, um, 
you, you can use virtual to have uh, areas of, to have a laugh and have a relaxation. Tell us what is reality training's 100 day plan? What is okay. Jeremy, you and the team thinking about post the lockdown? Um, there's a few things really. Um, we were planning to have a really big party in June. I mean, it sounds very uh, flippant to say that, but it was. We were going to celebrate uh, with all our trainers in London. There's two or three big things that we're focusing on for the next period. So we will continue with our daily motivation and daily advice for free. That's what we're doing Monday to Friday. We will continue to do that regardless for anybody who wants it. So that's our commitment. Um, we are also going to continue our transition to training virtually with our current clients. Um, and in fact, that starts as early as next week. We've got some days next week where we're doing virtual training. And provided that goes well, I think that will become uh, the norm. And what we need to do is then report to our other clients how that's going so they understand that it's working well. But there may be further transitions, new software, new technology we may need to buy too. But the last thing we're doing, which is, I think, quite exciting, is we're now beginning to sell virtual products. So I said before, Jeremy and I used to speak at conferences. We're now doing our own online virtual conferences that we can sell to people on various subjects. Uh, and we've got quite large social media followings, which allows us to do that, which is really good. And actually, it's great fun. And um, uh, it's a, a relatively short amount of time. And I think that's going to become interesting as well over the next few months. People are going to think, I want to be developed. I haven't got a half day or a whole day to do, to, to spend on it. But actually, I've got an hour. I've got an hour and a half. I'll do that. And I think that will be the next thing is developing a new revenue stream of, of virtual conferences and events that we can run um, uh, on all sorts of subject matter. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, and also, I should mention, uh, risk of plugging. We've, we've written this book, The Perfect Storm, 30 Ways to Drive Your Business. It's the third edition. Um, and we wrote the first edition in 2008 in the financial crisis. We did a new version in about 2014, something like that. And this is 2020. This even mentions the virus as well. So it's bang up to date. So, yeah. So we're, we're, we're promoting that as well. So there's lots of things that, that, that we can do for people and talk about. I don't think that's ever going to be a problem. Um, and uh, what is nice is that, you know, in Jeremy, I have someone who comes up with a new idea every day. So he will, he will, after this, he will be on to me saying, I've got this great idea. And we, we then think about how we can make it work, how we can make it viable, how we can make it accessible, all the things we need to find out. And it's, it's brilliant. So that is exciting and motivational. And, um, you know, that's a, a, a great thing. I would love to say in the next 100 days, we were planning to come out to India. We were actually. We were going to do some work with one of our clients out there. But um, that's been put on hold for now. But let's imagine a year down the line, there's a vaccine for this virus going around. We can all be vaccinated against it. And then I'll be over there like a shot. Um, I've actually never been to Mumbai, so I'd need you to show me around, Raj. 
Um, and uh, I, that would be great. And, I, and while I'm here, it's, it's worth saying that the, that first trip we had to India um, all those years ago was one of the best experiences of our career to date, um, really? without doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we absolutely loved it. Um, I've got some wonderful memories of the work that we did, of the people, uh, but also of the social uh, environment that we had there. There was a place we used to go to called Strikers Bar that you all yes. remember. Yeah. And uh, we loved it in there. And I tell you, I tell you just a strange story. Uh, there's an Indian singer called Ragu Dixit, who you yes. know. And he has done a few things over here in the UK. And I knew of him before we came out to India. And the, we were there in, we were in Delhi for 10 days. And right in the middle of that, that 10 days, Ragu Dixit played Striker's Bar, okay? And we were in there with him. I shook his hand and I just thought, only here. You know, I've actually met this guy who I've seen on the telly. He's an amazing singer. I love him. And, um, and I thought that was just fantastic. And I remember that night in that bar just thinking, this is just one of the best nights ever. And so we were very lucky to have that experience, but also um, to, to realize the massive potential uh, that your wonderful country has. It, re it, it really does. And, um, you know, it, it would, nothing would give me greater pleasure than to come back there and work there again because it was, um, it was really motivational the whole time. And we had, we had some great experiences. We were very well looked after. Uh, and we met some wonderful people who I'm still in touch with now, which, which shows that it's, uh, it, it's great. You have to have an India strategy. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah, that's, definitely. You cannot miss this bus. No, but I think, um, and I think maybe that's the next thing, you know, if uh, I'm sure there's a move towards virtual contact centers yeah. in India, uh, you know, we can help with that. And I think that would be a, a, a good thing. Um, and it, it is going to take some training because, it, as I said, it's not for everyone. But for those people that are confident, um, this virtual way of selling, it, oh, I don't think there's any better uh, nation that could do it um, than India. Um, and that's, you know, that is a massive opportunity. And I think there's another element to that. Retail uh, over here is struggling. Uh, we have major retail brands closing all over the UK because people are just not going shopping. They're doing a lot of online shopping. And I think the next retail revolution will be here, will be on the internet, face-to-face. -face. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. And the reason that I'm also talking to people like you is to give us some advice. Um, I think there's an old saying, affect what you can affect. So you can spend a lot of time working on stuff. If it's not moving you forward, don't do that. Just work on the stuff that you can affect. You can affect social media, how people feel about you. You can give stuff away. Give stuff away is a big thing because people think, well, I don't want to give away my best stuff. Just give it, just give it because people will appreciate it and they will remember you and they will come back to you when they really need uh, important stuff give things away um, think about your network um, because I tell you what else is interesting right now the people who a few months ago you were struggling to get through to new clients new potential clients at the moment they're sitting at home waiting for this to end they've got time 
They've got time to talk. They've got time to meet new people. They've got time to explore new relationships. And I've had some great luck recently connecting to people who previously I'd had no chance with because they're interested. They've got time to think about it. So you can build, you can build a brilliant strategy that's going to move you forward when things do ease up. Um, that's really going to help you. And I think that's a, a great way to think about it. It's the prospects um, and what they're um, thinking about and the time that they have. Why not? They may as well talk to you. They may as well explore uh, what you can do for them. And then lastly, self-development. Um, we've done a lot of that recently. Um, I did a, an online course and uh, I've been trying to write a book about my failed acting career. You know, you, you, you've got to do something which uh, is separate. The only other thing I would say, um, over here, we had a big shift when the lockdown first happened where supermarkets and other organizations, the National Health Service and others, needed volunteers. And I was thinking about volunteering for a while because we had a few weeks with, with, with nothing to do. But I thought, well, actually, the, the people who've just lost their jobs or been made redundant or whatever, they're the people who, who need the jobs that are going. Um, why, you know, if you have the time, why not try doing something else? And, and helping a, another business for a while, no one's going to think any less of you for doing that because um, it's, an, it's an important contribution. And actually, sometimes it's, it's good just to be busy. It's good just to keep yourself busy <laughs> until such time um, as, your, as, your, as your business comes back, which it will. And have some faith. Well, absolutely brilliant, Bob. Thank you so, so very much. First of all, accepting the invite. Ah, you're welcome. To us and sharing all your valuable experience. Well, one thing I want to say that you are not a failed actor. I think <laughs> you've, you've really leveraged your skill set in a different way. That's one way of looking at it. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. So, hey, looking forward to meet you when we can. Oh, I, yes. I wait with a cigarette gold flake in Mumbai for you. <laughs> That'll be the next time I smoke. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Oh, absolutely. And do think about the India strategy because that way we can see you more often in India. That'd be great. I'd love it. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks very much, Raj. Much appreciated. And all the best to you all. Well, thank you so much and all the best to reality training as well. Thanks, Raj. Uh, to Jeremy. I will do. Yeah. Just take care. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Affect what you can affect. Simple. Simple. But so powerful. Let's focus on what matters to us and what we can control. If we can do that and we can put a plan around that, we will be super ready after the lockdown to hit the ground running. Tune in guys, stay with us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, on Google, on Apple. And also don't forget to show your love to us. And do share our podcast with your friends, families. You never know who will get 
benefited out of these beautiful experiences and stories that we bring to you guys so stay safe and stay connected just take care